0: In 2008, I came to St. Sebastian and that year about this time, I went through and toured our school as it was preparing to open and I went through all the classrooms and in one classroom, I think it was the sixth grade classroom, one of the teachers had put up inspirational quotes by famous people around the room. And here was one by George Bernard Shaw, be a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Obviously I like this quote and it inspired me enough that nine years later I recalled it and repeat it back to you. Be a force of nature instead of a feverish selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. You know, this world is beautiful. It is rich. It is powerful. It's creatures amazing. And the people in it, you and me, are made in the image and likeness of God. But it won't volunteer to make you happy. You have to play a role. Faith is not much different Jesus saved all of us, but he won't force it upon all of us. Through the church, we've been baptized and participate in the saving action of Jesus, but the effects will not be forced upon us, nor will its benefits remain despite neglect, which is why I'm always so happy to see you here week after week and in our confession lines all week long. I love the woman in the gospel today. She is a non-Jewish woman, a Gentile. She wanted something from Jesus, but she didn't just show up hoping that something would happen and then go on her way with an oh well. You and I know that Jesus came for everybody, Jewish and Gentile. There's evidence through this throughout Jesus' entire life uh, in uh, when Jesus is born, the three kings show up. They are not Jewish. They are Gentiles, and they come to offer worship, right? So throughout life, we know that Jesus is going to be there for everybody. He came for all humanity. In the first reading, God says, My house will be a house of prayer for all peoples. Paul says, I am the disciple to the Gentiles in the second reading today. But when Jesus initially comes, he begins his mission with the chosen people, the Jewish people, so the Gentile woman in the gospel today comes up to Jesus and asks for assistance for her daughter. And Jesus says, it's not time yet. And she presses him. Please. This is prayer. Speaking with a divine person and treating a divine person. And she's pressing her case. And Jesus is almost like the guy in charge of the gate at an event. And you don't have the right tickets yet. Your time is coming later. And he keeps saying, but I really want to get in now. And he goes, okay, I'm not supposed to do this, but come on in. He does that for her. She is not the feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining that God didn't give her what she wanted. She participated and engaged with God, worshiping, responding, glorifying, and petitioning. And that's our model for mass. That's what we are doing here today. Some of our Protestant brothers and sisters, and to be quite frank, way too many of our Catholic brothers and sisters expect salvation to be served to them on a silver platter, the same way others might enjoy a ride on a roller coaster. My entire job is to show up and sit down, and it's everybody else's job to make sure I have a good ride. For us, that's the equivalent of going over to somebody's house and sitting on the couch and saying, "Okay, entertain me. Wow me. That's not developing a relationship with a friend or a neighbor. And this way of thinking has caused at least one Catholic commentator to opine that the Catholic Church in America is like professional football. 60,000 people desperately in need of exercise watching two men desperately in need of rest that is not the model for mass nor is it worship that's the model for entertainment we are here for a relationship and relationships run two ways it's not all God's job it's not all the ministers job nobody can do your role for you you are ministers here You are not here just to receive, but to give worship. When you were baptized, chrism oil was taken and traced on a cross on on the top of your head, on the crown of your head, and you were anointed prophet, king, and priests. And a priest, by definition, offers sacrifice. If you do not have a sacrifice, you do not have a priesthood. And I will grant you, it's not the same sacrifice as the ordained priesthood, but it is true nonetheless. That is why at Offertory I say, pray my brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Readers, lectors, servers, ushers, musicians, do not participate more at mass than the average attendee. They are giving up some of their worship time to help facilitate your sacrifice, the important work that you are doing. Therefore, the opening hymn is not akin to the opening ditty of a sitcom or a piece of entertainment. It is rather the very first opportunity that this community of ministers has to worship God together. Though musicians try to pick something that you like, and they practice so that they sound good, neither is really the point. Giving worship to God is the point. And so we join in, regardless if we happen to like the song or not. And Bishop Grease, I have to tell you, every time he comes here, he says, I love coming to St. Sebastian because your people sing, your people respond. The Gloria is not just another song. It's a love poem to God. Glory to God in the highest. We worship you. We praise you. We adore you. We glorify you. Isn't that what lovers do? They extol the virtues of the beloved. Your eyes are like deep, limpid pools upon which I love to gaze. You alone are the Holy One you alone are the lord you alone are the most high jesus christ at the beginning of mass when i say let us pray although we use it this way it is not a cue for the server to bring the sacrament or the uh, the missile over it's a cue for us to pray a little bit later in the mass we will have the general intercessions when we're praying for the world we're praying for the church but what do you need to have prayed for at this mass when we say let us pray that's the opportunity to bring something up at that point point. and the prayer at the end of that time is called the collect it's at the point where the priest collects all your prayers all you ministers all your prayers and offers them up to god the father through jesus christ and the power of the holy spirit if we don't call to mind something we're missing out on that important moment I guarantee you God is trying to tell you specifically something in the readings at every Mass if you listen. It may not always be earth-shaking, but it'll always be there every time. And sometimes it's repeated to you over and over and over again so that you and I can get it, we actually hear it. When we get to the canon of the Mass, what in your life needs to be offered? What do you have to be thankful for? What did you have this past week to lift up? If nothing else, we can get thanks for what we have. If you can't think of anything, look at the news. Our world and our nation is in desperate need of prayer. The great lifting up of Jesus to the Father, when we say through him, with him, in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever, should be met with an ear-splitting. Amen! 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 His chosen people, the priesthood of the people, are offering to the Father the perfect sacrifice of His Son for our good and the good of the whole world. What a difference there would be in the world if all of us, and I will admit, occasionally priests even sometimes phone it in, but if, what if all of us engaged fully in the mass, fulfilling our roles, not being content to being spectators, but like the woman in the gospel, realizing our role, our office, our dignity, and our responsibilities, and engaged with God for our salvation, becoming a spiritual force, an active part of the greater body of Christ, not being warmed-over, microwavable Christians, but being the very heat of the faith itself, the fire. Even if it is silent, there is the interior life. Not all of us are charismatics. I'm not a charismatic. Let not this opportunity ever slip by you. There is something here that is yours. It belongs to you, it is your role, your blessing and your responsibility. Engage in it and I guarantee you, you will be blessed.